Today's episode is brought to you by Chiropractic Mastery. Wouldn't it be great if your spinal problems and misalignments could correct themselves? And if you didn't need the same thing done to you every time you visit the office, best of all, what if your chiropractor could check and tell when your body didn't need any help that day at all? MCT chiropractors correct nervous system imbalances directly so the body is best able to correct the spinal misalignment on its own. This is done without twisting, popping, cracking, or causing pain. It's so honoring to the body that most people experience a tremendous amount of improvement very quickly, often without the soreness and stiffness that may follow a more traditional chiropractic adjustment. Your chiropractor can find out more by visiting chiropracticmastery.com and checking the seminars tab. And if you're looking for a chiropractor that will custom build the most painless yet effective chiropractic adjustment for you on every visit to the office, go to chiropracticmastery.com and click on the referrals tab. Hey everyone, and welcome to the KiddoCast for Chiropractic Families, the world's first and only podcast committed to normalizing complementary and alternative care, particularly chiropractic care for children by sharing the experiences of the doctors in the trenches. In our time together, we will talk with pillars in the alternative healthcare world to give you the tools you'll need to make positive change in the health of your children today. Simply put, we're here to change the trajectory of modern healthcare. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bronstein. I'm a pediatric and family chiropractor certified by the Academy Council of Chiropractic Pediatrics and the director of the Beacon Clinic of Chiropractic in beautiful Grover Beach, California. Now today, guys, we're going to have a little bit of a change of pace. Uh, today, we're bringing on Dr. Katina Manning, and Katina is uh, very much a free spirit. Um, she uh, talks about her time in practice, her decades in practice, taking care of children, and her unique spin on pediatric chiropractic care. Um, Dr. Katina, I did not know before interviewing her, but she was recommended highly by many chiropractors that I respect uh, when we were um, putting out... Uh, uh, feelers uh, for season three. Um, and I have to say, I really, really enjoyed our time together. So please uh, enjoy as much as I enjoyed giving this interview, Dr. Katina Manning. All right, guys, we are live. Um, I'm here with uh, Katina Manning, um, who is a chiropractor as well. She takes care of lots of people. I have to say, um, you know, when I first was introduced by Katina, she was introduced by a mutual chiropractic friend. Uh, but as soon as uh, I was introduced to her, she sent me uh, some videos of her adjusting some kids. And right away, I knew that, you know, we were going to be good friends because she's just very loving and very caring and very empathic in the way that she takes care of children. So um, having her on the podcast um, is a great blessing. And I'm, I'm super grateful for you being here, Katina. Um, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. This is such a gift to get to share. And thank you, Dan, for having the tenacious spirit to put this thing together and to reach out to family and children and, and helping them understand the amazing gift that they can tap into every time they go and see the chiropractor. It's like going and seeing their healer or their doctor or their best friend or somebody who really understands and gets you. And I believe that that's actually what we do. When someone comes in and they go, oh, usually they say, oh, my neck hurts, my this, my that, or my baby is, just doesn't feel well, and so-and-so said I need to come in. So we look at them, feel them, smell them, touch them, hold them, and we actually are listening to life's mystery and looking to, to reconnect the harmony that's in that baby. A mother knows when that mommy looks at me with those sad eyes and says, can you help my baby? 
and I see her concern and I look inside the baby's body. I resonate with that baby's body and especially once I touch it, then I can feel where is it sticky? Where is it not breathing? Why is the, the life force not moving over here? Or, or, oh my goodness, has the baby been really gassy? Or, oh my goodness, they haven't pooped in a while. We chiropractors are able to touch little people and little people are easier than big people. Big people have so much emotional complications that layer up into the systems. Children are a blast because their systems are so new. They're bringing in genetics and they're bringing a lot of um, more physical and chemical and neuro, um, neuro patterns that by us touching them and helping the body to learn brain body connection, moving them in very specific, specific ways. Um, we actually help them improve their, their life and their growth and their, uh, I'm doing this for 30 something years. So to see um, my children who are now adults and they're married and they're bringing in their kids uh, or um, someone who's had to deal with learning disabilities for their whole life and how chiropractic has helped them and all kinds of stuff. Oh, and pregnancy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Every woman who gets adjusted, you ask them how much they love their chiropractor. When that round ligament starts to wrap itself around your belly and freaks out your pelvis and torques it out and you're feeling things you're feeling mount vesuvius move inside of you it's really phenomenal and a blessing to have your chiropractor help your body and brain and neurology and even your emotions and your spirituality because we believe in innate moving through the body help that reconnect and well, Katina, this 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 commentary that you're giving is is amazing, um, because it it shows how we as pediatric chiropractors are connected neurologically. Um, we think differently when we see babies in our offices. Um, a lot of the time they've been to other doctors and they haven't been able to get the types of healing results that they see in a chiropractic office. And so a lot of the time, as you're describing, you know, moms will come into the office and they'll just be deflated because they haven't had any experiences that have been positive yet. I'm reminded of a case that I just saw in my clinic this week. Um, this kiddo has um, a really, really large cephalohematoma and, Ooh. um, there was a lot of trauma in the birthing process. It was a very quick, intense Webster labor. And um, as a result uh, of this hematoma, there's some significant cranial issues. There's, there's obviously subluxation present. Um, but the pediatrician, who I actually really like a lot, is a great pediatrician, but he does what a pediatrician does, which he says, you know, he'll just grow out of it. Everything will be fine when, you know, we, we know better. Um, I, I want to put a, a, a little bit of a pin in this real quick because I want my listeners to know who you are, Katina. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey in chiropractic and kind of what brought you to taking care of children? Um, just the people who came in. Um, taking care of children. Let me see. My career started, I think, as a child pretty much in that I used to always bring home broken birds or animals and my mom and I would patch them up or put popsicle sticks and they'd fly away so the other thing that used to happen as a kid my mom would say she's a village woman your father has a headache make it go away oh, mom I want to go out and play <gasps> it means it's already done 
So I look back because people said, when did your healing gift start? I'm like, oh, I think it was in me. But when a parent or someone has an expectation and a challenge, it kicks our everything up in us to do this thing. Or your father's foot, no, is, is sick. Make it fix, help. So they had a, an expectation, I think, in us children then um, to do certain tasks. And we would step up. So we as parents know and have expectations in our children. We know that that little kid's got to learn to keep his head balanced, like he's got a beanie baby on his head all the time. Yet we go, they're in school all day or they're sitting in front of something, a computer, and they're all slouched over, which is it's killing the nervous system because what it does, once we go into C-shape position, we become, uh, it kicks in the primitive brain. It tells the body, I'm not safe, I don't feel good, I'm driven by my senses, I'm hyper-focused, I'll fight flight. Um, and to have our brain and body do its thing, have cerebral cortex kicking in and joy brain, we've got to keep teaching the body, put your head up, uh, readjust those craniums. Um, so chiropractic is something that's not a one-time thing. Like, you know, take a pill once and boom, whatever. It's an integrative approach and a life, um, a life love for your body, for your life, for your family. Because it helps each person get stronger. And so when that all started with me as a kid, um, okay, ended up being a healer. Thought it was going to be of animals but ended up seeing, um, did pre-med, didn't like it. We didn't touch people. Um, was going to his veterinary, but once we started doing euthanasia, couldn't handle that either. So I went and tried hospitals, didn't like that. Uh, heard a chiropractor speak. Happened to be in my neighborhood. I'm like, oh my goodness, this guy makes sense. Introduced myself. I says, can I come observe you? And matter of fact, I'd like to work for you. I live right around the corner. I can ride my bike over there. And this is what I'm really good at. And so he says, hmm, okay. So he, I worked there. I became the, one of the CAs amongst the other three that were there. Took x-rays, AK exam. Uh, then I started to teach AK to lay people at the high school on a night after doc program. Then it was like, okay, time to go to chiropractic school. Uh, I was going to go. My dad died. I was going to go again. My dad, uh, something else happened. Oh, I got married. Sorry, I got married. So it put the chiropractic on hold for a while. Then uh, a year later, my husband said, you're really frustrated. You want to go to chiropractic school? Okay. Take me to a place that uh, has civilization. So that's why I didn't go to Parmer. I went to National because at least it's near Chicago. So um, school actually beats chiropractic out of people, I realize. Okay. It's a big challenge and a test. And to be able to pass all your tests, and show that you have this certificate and you know all your stuff. But what um, the more important pathway we chiropractors um, take is the hands-on, is applying all that neurology and all that neuroanatomy into when we touch and resonate with that child, with that person, how can we make their life or help their life be a little bit better or maybe a lot better? Because we're going to take all that wisdom that we learned in school 
in the application of it through our touch, through our teaching. Um, every time we touch a body, we're helping, we're teaching it. We're teaching it to find itself. Um, so my path kind of unfolded on its own. I've um, always been an athlete, uh, MVP kind of stuff, and got to be Alumni Hall of Fame and, uh, and field hockey. So the need for me to use my body physically and help people move like a team, when I'm approaching somebody's body, I'm actually looking at it like a team. It's like, oh, this shoulder doesn't work with this hip. And that knee is just like screaming. And oh, look at that foot turned in. That bunion looks like it's been growing for so many years. Where's that tension tracking in? So chiropractic sort of unfolds. And um, what, heck, I'm 63. Been doing this probably since forever. And um, allowing myself to live it and share it ends up magnifying it so that's sort of my path from 63 years <laughs> you know and you're you're right on target with with why this podcast is the way it is you know we we feel that by sharing our experiences and our thoughts um we we magnify um our impact and because chiropractic you know by all accounts only has like a you know three percent market share um, there are so many children and families out there that don't have access to chiropractic, don't know what chiropractic is, don't know, you know, why you would take a kiddo to see a chiropractor, a newborn baby. Um, you know, it's important to me to, to make sure that as many people hear that message as possible. You know, and let's, let's talk about this a little bit because um, it's, a, it's a common theme in, in this podcast to talk about some of the cases that we've seen. Um, you know, the, the two videos that you sent me, um, you know, like I said, they're, they're beautiful videos because they show you really, really connecting with these children. Um, and if it's okay with you, I'll actually post them in this Facebook feed so that people can see them because I think chiropractors especially need to see how you connect with kids. But going back to my original point, um, the common question that I find myself answering for people is why would a baby ever need to see a chiropractor? What could be so wrong with a child, a newborn, a neonate, um, or even an infant that they would need to see a chiropractor? So from your perspective, Katina, why, why would a baby need to come and see you? Oh, for about a thousand and one reasons. Um, as a parent, I know what parents want because I'm a parent. I want the best for my child. I want that be able to, to grow, connect, be healthy, um, be able to access all its potential, um, use everything it has, and even the things that it has that's not so great, those things learn to integrate and get stronger and better. And you go, well, boy, you sound like a magician. Yeah, because what we're accessing is the, is the brain. And the way the brain communicates to your body and the way your body communicates to your brain uh, is pretty much in two basic ways. Sensory, which heck, we are getting a lot of sensory, and motor, okay? So when this child is, doesn't feel good, okay? Or is not walking, okay? How many babies we get in who don't walk? Are they, or they drag their something? or why does a baby need to come in? Okay, because when it comes to the vagina, it gets 1,200 pounds per square inch, 
PSI, 1200 PSI. That's a lot of squish and compression, and that, which is necessary because it challenges and sets up the whole uh, craniosacral full spine 33 vertebra to be activated and start to kick in. What if you go through a C-section? What if you go through forceps? Even more of a reason, all those three reasons to get your baby adjusted, to help it be strong. People say, well, you're going to rip its head off? Um, there are times where I'll say to a parent, um, if we could get our hands on SIDS babies before they, before they become a statistic, okay, and get the, the cranium and the atlas to find themselves each other and balance together, then that baby can lay on its tummy and not be creating neurological deficiencies that can actually create huge traumas. Um, why would I want a baby? Because I love my baby. And it's the best way to help our children grow their yeah. potential. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you said this, this trauma that is experienced during the birthing process is something that we can't understate. Um, Katina, I've brought this story up in, in past podcasts, but it is such a powerful story that it bears our petition, and I want to share it with you. Um, do you. Do you know Michelle O'Donnell? Does that name ring a bell to you? Um, perhaps. If I see faces, that's I know somebody. Michel is a very prominent obstetrician. He's French and um, he, he wrote several books and authored many, many, many papers on birth. Um, when we met him in Paris about three years ago, two, three years ago, uh, he was 88 years old. So he's been in the obstetrics world for 60 something years. And what he told us as his keynote speaker in one of these conferences that I was um, a part of was that Genetically, because of all the interventions that we are doing in our birthing process, women now are almost incapable of delivering vaginally, um, separated by you know four, five, six generations now from really the, the beginning of modern medicalized birthing practices. Um, he's argued that we as a species are losing the capacity, the ability to birth. So when parents come in and ask me, you know, why would a baby need to see a chiropractor? That's the first place that I go because birthing by its very nature these days is a stressful event, not just for mom, but also for baby. And this is why we're seeing more kids that are hypervigilant. You talked about sensory issues and, and kids on the spectrum. I mean, that's like the bulk of my practice. Um, you know, we talk about constipation earlier. Constipation is probably the most common thing that I see in newborns. Constipation, colic, acid reflux, and latching issues, they all go hand in hand because it's an indication that the nervous system is overwhelmed. Babies are in sympathetic dominance and they cannot heal and grow correctly. Um, so yeah, when I, when I see parents who have these questions, that's what I bring up. And I find that, um, moms understand that it's not to say that we want to disempower moms by any stretch of the imagination. No way. We want our moms to be as empowered as possible. We want to support them through every part of the birthing process. But, um, you know, when Michelle was talking about this, I just could not unhear it. It, it was just a really sad state of affairs for me. Um, I'm curious, uh, you, you talked a, a little bit about some of the types of kids you see in your practice. Um, can you 
maybe share with us one or two specific cases that you've seen recently so you can um, contextualize uh, what parents can experience when they go to a chiropractor's office? Uh, ah, yesterday, I had a newborn. Actually, I had the mom, and of course the newborn comes. Uh, baby's one month old, and grandmother comes in. She's a principal of the school who I've been adjusting her babies. Um, so anyways, this would be her grandbaby. So the baby's in the little uh, cubby, and right away I can see that this baby's head is just cranked off to one side. And so as I'm talking to the mom and uh, Yaya, I'm just slowly bringing the baby back into neutral and helping that neurology find its basic and teaching the mom that let's put a little roll when, when he's in this little chair cubby thing. And it's really important because we're training the brain um, to hold the baby's head up, hold the baby's head up, and oh, look, my baby's holding their head up. That neurology that happens as the brain learns to hold their head up is something that we need to do every day of our life, whether we're 100 years old or, or, or a newborn, because it puts the brain into safety, and we will function very well when we're in neutral like that. So... I get excited and I'm just holding the little baby's head and then talking to the mom and then I say and I literally gave that baby that first adjustment while they're in the little cubby hole and um, then I take the mom in and uh, Nana's holding the baby I adjust the mom and now the baby's all lengthened out baby gets a second adjustment all lengthened out and I work that little baby. I'm running my fingers on their tummy. Uh, I check their little hips. I'm looking for tension. I'm looking for where the tension is or where the chi is not happening. And then relating it back to where am I? Am I in a hip? I'm in an organ? Am I in the ileocecal valve? Oh, uh, their sacrum's not moving very well. It should be innuating, but it's not. So if the sacrum's not moving, they're not going to poop well. They'll feel, uh, uh, and whoop. We know cranial sacral pump, head and bum got to move well together in a very harmonious way. So the adjustment really does not take long at all. It's teaching the parents that takes longer. So talking and touching at the same time helps. And um, oh my goodness, you can, you can do something in five minutes. You can do something in, in 10, 15 when you're dealing with a lot of um, neuro issues because I like to teach the parents uh, different brain gym things that they have to do to the, with the children and to the children many times a day. Hey, Katina, how, how do you uh, define or describe subluxation to your parents? To your parents? I mean, because it's, it's, a, it's a concept that is difficult, I think, for a lot of people to understand because most chiropractors can't come to a consensus or an agreement on what a subluxation is. But when parents come into my office, um, it's the first thing we discuss. I mean, it's necessary for them to understand what is wrong so that we can correct those issues underlying. Um, so I'm curious, you know, how, how you broach that with your parents and, and, you know, what their responses are to that. The word is a really big word. <laughs> and it sort of has a, a vibe that subluxation means I got a bone out of place. So, uh, when I use that word, I, I'll say there, we address the brain and the neurology. And there's 
um, something that we call subluxation. It terms, it means less light. There's less life force, less uh, chi happening somewhere in the body. My job is to help that find the brain and the body uh, reconnect to that place and it'll figure it out and it'll start moving. Whether they're um, indigestion or these places show up in the little person's body as you touch it. So these are areas of subluxation. I says, you as a parent instantly know. And they look at me kind of funny. I says, when your little baby needs to be burped and you put that little baby up there and you're just running your fingers up and down and all of a sudden you just start tapping at the right place and then you move over and you go, oh, right there. That just burped. That made that my baby feels just right. You found the subluxation. You found a place that needed some help to get more light and life to move through there. So that's what I'm going to be dealing with. And so I keep it um, applicable. Yeah, and I think parents, uh, you know, obviously when it comes to any kind of intervention, you know, they want to see results, right? Um, yes. I think, you know, being honest with parents and letting them know what you see and what to expect goes a really, really long way. Um, I also, Katina, I really appreciate the fact that you talk about chiropractic as a process. Um, I'm not sure if that's the exact word you use, but that's the word that I use in my clinic. Chiropractic is a journey. It's not a one-off thing. It's not uh, a treatment. It is a, a lifestyle. And so when, even when we get newborns in the clinic, the first thing we talk about after we talk about subluxation is what care looks like after we've fixed the problem. Um, you know, in my office, and I'm not sure how this is with you, but in my office, when patients are on wellness plans, I like to see them at least once a week with COVID, with everything that's been going on right now, with all the stress that people are under. Um, I've been seeing a lot of my wellness patients more frequently. Um, and I don't know my personal experience. Um, I have a hard time holding an adjustment for even a couple of days right now because of all the extra stress that's been added. And so why would I provide any different of a standard of care um, to my patients than I apply to myself or apply to my family? Um, so uh, I'm curious, you know, what, what does wellness look like in your office? You know, when you, when you have, uh, you know, young babies or children in your office and you talk about lifetime care, what does that, what does that look like? What's the average experience of one of those patients? Um, yesterday's example was a perfect example. That's a 30 year cycle that, uh, the grandmother brought who well, she wasn't she's a grandmother now but I saw her with her three infants 30 years ago one of them now is a father he's been getting adjusted uh, forever um, lifetime care lifetime care I tell people if everyone would get adjusted and they could get adjusted once a week for the rest of their life we would have world peace because everyone would have greater peace within themselves. So that's my spiel on um, life care. And um, one of the issues is we don't have enough slots in our office. I've got two extra doctors and there's always a waiting list. Um, we need more chiropractors. The, so I, I wish we could see everyone once a week. We need help. Um, so a big thing, what I realize we chiropractors also do is we teach people things. 
and encouraging them to stay accountable to the trainings, whether it be a posture thing, whether it be a breath work thing, whether it be a tape, whether it be keep your appointment and get adjusted once a week or don't let it go longer than three to six weeks. That's when people hit, <laughs> oh, they slide back into difficult chaos um, and they have to do a lot of cleanup. So I um, went off on a tangent. Tell me again, Dan, no, I have to admit, I love the way you educate your people and that you give them great wisdom and you give it in a very organized way. And um, so, so tell me what your clinic looks like. Do you have a, uh, like now with the COVID, you're just you're almost kind of going from white tape to white tape hmm. and they can go in the room and then that person leaves, you're washing up, you go into the next room. So you're just popping around from room to room and cleaning up and keeping the vibration going, huh? Yeah, you know, most of the listeners who have been with us from the very beginning kind of know how my practice runs. Um, I, I do open adjusting in my clinic and I, right now we have six tables in rotation. Um, we just brought on somebody whose job it is to sanitize my office full time. So she follows me around, makes sure that our public health department is appeased. All the doorknobs and high traffic surfaces and everything are clean all the time. Um, it frees me up to be able to do what I want to do. Um, you know, and, and like I said, we, we do volume. We've had to cut back on our volume just a little bit because we want to make sure that everybody stays safe and feels comfortable. But uh, you know, we could talk about this. And I think this is important, you know, in the age of COVID things definitely change in a pediatric office. I mean, the hardest part about taking care of kids wearing a mask is that mm -hmm. you cannot get any of those nonverbal cues that you normally use to communicate to your babies on the table. We have more and more babies that come into my clinic who cry during an adjustment because they're legitimately scared because they cannot read my smile. They cannot read my facial expressions. They cannot read my love, my empathy. Um, it's, it's really, it's definitely a new skill set, and it's very challenging for us to be able to, to get through that process. Um, how, how about you? How, how are things working out with, with all this crazy COVID stuff? Um, it's definitely less people. And, um, and I cut my hours also. So that sort of even, you know, bopped it even more. The, and I've changed because I used to have an open adjustment room, six, eight people going at the same time. And so instead, it's go from room to room almost. And are from, yeah. We have now curtains and drapes and plants separating areas. And so more it's I'm, I'm with somebody 10, 15 minutes, come back and check on them as I clean up in between. Then um, yeah. one of the girls is going doing the same bathroom, the door, no hubs, et cetera, table. It's okay. It's okay. It's no big deal. I guess I'm just, it's how we treat it. It's literally how we treat it. And um, I do miss exactly what you said with the little ones is all that verbal because we are reading them, mimicking them, teaching them by our facial expressions and their little brain neurology is absorbing all sorts of wisdom. Um, yeah. I've, I even thought like, boy, do I put up a weird plastic shield here and put my arms on the other side? Impossible. 
Um, so no, I'm dealing with it and I miss that other stuff. Um, you know, it's crazy. I, I, you brought up this, this concept of touch, you know, in the very beginning of our talk, um, touch is what differentiates chiropractors from other healthcare providers because other healthcare providers don't touch their patients. They don't touch their people and touch is healing in and of itself. I mean, I, I frequently talk about how, um, in a lot of cases, my patients just need a hug, you know, and not mm -hmm. being able to give hugs in my clinic has been, has been really, really hard because that's part of our ethos here. You know, we want to spread that love. Um, you know, obviously different patients have different levels of paranoia about COVID, but we want to respect the ones who are most concerned, especially the ones that are immunocompromised. So we make policies that affect those folks first. Um, not hugging my patients is, is definitely been detrimental. You know, touching patients has been a little bit different because we have to, you know, sanitize and wash our hands between each individual patient. Um, it's, it's really, really difficult. I mean, I know some chiropractors in California who are adjusting their patients with gloves on, which is insane to me. I don't know how you could get any of that appropriate mm. feedback by wearing gloves. You're not connecting with your patients. You're not developing this sort of electromagnetic connection that you normally have. You know, I'm a tonal chiropractor. So that, that quantum connection is vitally important to the work that we do here. So yeah, it definitely, um, it's, it's bringing up a lot of, of interesting feelings and new skill sets. And I think this really brings home a message to our parents that are listening is that, you know, touch is absolutely vital and important to any healthcare provider. Um, and, you know, and if your mom sense is telling you, you know, this, this particular healthcare provider, this doctor, this healer, um, isn't providing that level of care, it might be time to find somebody else. Um, you talked yes. also a little bit about your experience with AK. Um, I'd love for you to share a little bit about that as well. Um, I, I know a little AK. Um, as a matter of fact, I trained with an energy healer about two years ago with my wife to learn how to muscle test effectively. Um, I don't use it in my practice. I use it more for myself and for uh, my family. Um, but I, I'd love for you to talk about what AK looks like with, uh, with children. Can you do that for me? The, um, well, I use many, many, many um, practices that I've learned. When I was younger, I, AK was something that I practiced for probably 10, 20 years, and I still dwindle a little bit with it now. And something as basic as um, I can hold a place on, on a person and just pretty much ask yes or no. Um, I could do a whole big muscle testing where I've just put their arm up and the body will give, will release it. When there's a place of a disconnect, the body will lose its energy. It's, uh, don't have to do it that much anymore. It's almost, it's so much quicker. It happens innately. Um, and it, but when, and when I first started doing AK, that's what it looked like. It looked like I could, I just put my finger on a segment in the, um, ah, sorry. So I worked for an AK doctor. Uh, I wasn't a chiropractor. So I'd go in, I'd do all the muscle tests and we'd see this is weak, this is imbalanced, blah, blah, blah. Uh, then he would put his fingers and with the arm up and go right down the spine and find the places that needed address. 
and the way it would happen is as soon as you touch it, the arm would go weak. If it was a baby, we did surrogate testing. And so they'd find, he'd find the place, he'd see how it was connected, needed to, and he'd give it an adjustment. Retest, boom, all gone. I would go home and do that exact same thing to my brother and my friends because it was monkey see, monkey do. Wow, if I touch here, test, I know how to test, find the place that's weak, where does it need some help? Take a breath, connect it through this, that, and the other, and oh, boom, a nice adjustment. My brother or my mother or somebody would say, oh, thanks, that was good. So that's the simple form of applied kinesiology. More complicated, uh, ah, we do it when we go grocery shopping. Okay. When you look at something, if it's good for you, you're drawn, your body will actually lean, do a motor response to the sensory look and kind of lean into it. If it's bad for you, you're actually go, oh, if you're tuned into it. The body gives you yeses and nos. Um, it's tied into instinct and wisdom in the, in the brain. Um, AK. Uh, it's good for, for testing um, vitamins. Okay. If I've got a couple questions before I, I may be touching somebody, go, oh my goodness, you're getting a lot of ruminating thoughts. And I'll be like, oh my goodness, yeah. So I'll say, hmm. It's either your adrenals or maybe nositalcholine. Come here. And I'll bring their arm up and I'll find a yes, show me a no. The arm goes weak if it's a no. Then I'll literally have them hold a particular vitamin, um, test it, boom. If it's strong, then I can test. You need one a day, two a day, morning, night. Okay. And just by asking the body questions. So that's a kind of a quick view of acupuncture. I mean, um, AK. I also study many, many, many. Uh, uh, applied kinesiology also uses a lot of principles of acupuncture. So I've studied 500 hours of acupuncture because it's about moving chi uh, through the body. And when you're, when you're grieving, your lungs hurt. And if you're damp in the lungs, we need to do something with your liver. And things like that are very balanced um, in the, the acupuncture world. So they're all tied in. All these mysteries of healing are all tied in. Applied kinesiology, Gonstead. Oh my goodness, Gonstead used to sit the person's body down and he fiddled and he fiddled and he'd line them up and he was putting a little wave dynamic in their, in their neck or their back and he'd sort of if you slowed the whole thing down, it looked like he was just going underneath one vertebra like he grabbed the whole tube of the whole body, lifted that vertebra up and placed it on top of the disc of the one below. And it was like, and the whole house, the whole human body, the whole person realigned. And you literally saw the lights go on in that person. So there's all these artistries and practices and techniques and wisdoms that we get to incorporate into how we touch and address those subluxations creates great magic and powerful reconnection for that person to themselves. My 93, 94 year olds and 88 year olds, um, the ones who are still getting adjusted every week, they're old. Okay. <laughs> so they're yeah. probably the they're the best example of um, 
how chiropractic is so necessary. The, the reconnection that you're describing is, um, is vitally important, you know, and I think, I think we'll end, you know, to wrap this up, you know, here, um, chiropractic at its core is about connection. And when babies, children are disconnected because of subluxation, uh, their lives cannot be completely fulfilled. Chiropractic is about restoring that sort of innate flow, that vital force that allows our babies to be not just healthy, but thrive. And so all the stuff that Dr. Katina is talking about uh, with regards to, you know, big health changes and, and reconnecting and all that stuff, it's what we see in our offices every single day. And even, you know, as Katina was talking about, it doesn't have entirely to do just with kids. I mean, my oldest patient is 90 and you could see, you should see the vitality that she exudes after very simple, very specific, very gentle adjustment. Um, and so, yeah, it, it goes both ways and it definitely um, applies to uh, all of our patients in our clinic, not just our babies. So um, Dr. Katina, thank you so very much for being with us today. We absolutely love and appreciate you for doing this. Um, if you can, would you mind sharing how people can get a hold of you? Did I lose you? I think I lost you, Doc. Hello, there I am. Okay, sorry. It's okay. I gotcha. Yeah, we'll edit that part out. Just uh, if you can, will you let us know how everybody can get a hold of you? Uh, probably through my office, uh, Wellspring Chiropractic and messenger on facebook it takes me a while but i do eventually uh, open those things up and uh, those are probably the easiest ways um, and just for for completion's sake where are you located where's your office i'm duxbury massachusetts little seacoast town about an hour south of boston Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, very much for, uh, for sharing your thoughts, Doc. We love and appreciate you. Thank you for doing the Lord's work. And um, hopefully we'll get a chance to meet in person real soon after this whole COVID thing ends, right? Yes. We're here to help this thing. Well, we're raising the vibration higher than the bug. Indeed. And we love you. God bless you, Dan. Thank you for doing this and sharing your love and your passion and your healing gifts to so many. Mwah. God bless you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Ditto. We'll talk real soon. Bye. Okay. Blessings. Bye.